0: whtt.org and now ready set let the sparks fly. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about an interesting story that's occurring right now in Arizona. It's about two Palestinians from Gaza, and they're known as Hisham and Munis. That's their first names: Hisham Shaban Galia and Munis Hamuda, and both of them were in Gaza, and they left on student visas, one in 2010, the other in 2011, and they had a harrowing journey of over 7,000 miles through a number of countries and wound up in South America, in Venezuela, and then made their way up through the Central American countries through Mexico. And at the border... They actually turned themselves into the U.S. ICE, that's Immigration and Custom Enforcement Agency there. They were not trying to enter in the U.S. illegally. And, of course, you could say, well, it's, we can talk about the immigration issue, which is a very hot issue, illegal immigration. You've got people in both parties on both sides of the issue that we should be blocking these illegals coming in here, deporting, illegal criminals. There's all kinds of different aspects, but this is a little different from the normal of of getting into the country surreptitiously using coyotes here in Arizona. They bring them up into the desert, and so we want to ask the question, is what we're seeing, is this caused by some of the actions of the United States? Certainly, we look at What's happening in uh, Palestine, for example, in Gaza, and look at the devastation that's been wreaked upon Gaza from 2008. There's been three major attacks where over 4,000 Palestinians have been killed. It has the world's largest unemployment rate, I understand, and about 1.8 million people that are under siege And this siege is sustained by the aid that the United States gives to Israel, which goes primarily, that's over $3 billion a year, to military equipment. So the Israelis can enforce this siege on Gaza, and it has been called even by Jewish commentators like Bob Simon of CBS as the world's largest open-air prison. So it's only natural that these two young men, Hisham and Muniz, would want to come to the United States. And so we need to actually look at it. I'm reminded of a story that does show some culpability of the United States. About four years ago, the Arizona Republic, the largest newspaper here in Arizona, had a story about a Guatemalan woman who was here illegally. And she had three children. Two of the children she was able to get up, but the youngest one she was waiting, he was 13 years old, and so she had a former neighbor in Guatemala bring the young child up, and they went through Mexico, and when they got to the border, they crossed illegally and uh, used coyotes to bring him up, and as we know, there are a large number of deaths That occur in the desert. It's a very harsh environment there. And what happened, the coyotes wound up calling this woman saying the escort and her son were missing. And they were assumed dead uh, in, in the desert. Now, she came to the U.S. looking for a better life. But if we look back just a little bit in our history, and this is actually confirmed by the CIA you can actually go to their website and if you want to if you're interested in this kind of history and the United States actually overthrew the democratically elected leader in Guatemala in uh, 1954 and so we won't go into detail here we have a link to the the story if you're interested here about that but the conclusion that we can get is maybe if we had not interfered with them, this woman would not have wanted to come to the United States to better herself. The the opportunities may have been better down there if we had not meddled in the affairs of, of a foreign country. And now we're looking at Gaza, and this is kind of unique that they would come this far. We're seeing a similar type of action, of course, in Syria with all the refugees that are a result of this war, and we can look directly at the actions of the United States for what we've done over there in the past 25 years from Gulf War number 1 started in 1991 under George Herbert Walker Bush and the wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, and now Syria. So these can be laid directly at the feet of the United States. And one of our favorite signs here at We Hold These Truths is no more wars for Israel. And that's what they are.
1: Chuck? Well, Gaza, of course, is a special case because it's known by everyone as being a gulag. And believe it or not, the gulags that Russia created after the Russian Revolution in 1917, somewhat after that, didn't last much longer than the Gaza gulag has already lasted. It's really been there for about 65 years and has been known all that time as being essentially a prison made up of Palestinians and little else inside of it. So these people have student visas. Uh, Israel has allowed, one difference is that Israel does allow, in some cases, people to leave. They may not allow them to come back, but they allow them to leave. And they, uh, these kids had visas, and probably they would have been toddlers, if that, at the time that I was there in the spring of 202. At that time, Gaza was clearly a prison. There was absolutely no way to get out. People tried to show me all the way people tried to get out. And you couldn't, without the permission of the Israeli government, you simply couldn't leave. So that, by definition, is a jail. So these people's reason for wanting to leave is pretty clear. I mean, there's 80% unemployment or something like that in Gaza. It's unbelievable situation there. Hunger, malnutrition, everything you can think of. The question is, why would they want to come to the United States? And I found that to be strange when I was there, that there was no hatred toward me while I was there. Uh, the people who were very willing to talk to me at all levels, street level, kids level, schools level listened to me. They believed that the United States was an honorable place. It was just misled about them. And they felt that the Israelis and the American Jews had misled people about Gaza. And they, they wondered if I would go home and tell the truth. And they they actually thought that maybe it would do some good if I would go back here and tell the truth about uh, about them. What the defining... Difference between Gaza and and some other places where uh, you, we have immigrant problems, such as Mexico itself, is that while well, the U.S. may uh, have some tampering with every government in Gaza, uh, all the weapons that are used on the on the Gazans and have been used in these several uh, wars against them, uh, killings uh, that have killed four or five thousand Gazans in the last five years uh, with Operation Protective Edge being the most recent one and before that, Cast Lead. And in between Operation Cast Lead, Slaughter, and Protection Edge, these guys grew up. They were children in 2002 and they uh, matured, I guess, and got to, got a to school and maybe were good students, found a university or a school that would take them in Turkey. Uh, they got out. They didn't come back. They headed for the United States. And... The point I would make here is that every bomb that was dropped on Gaza was American-made. Every helicopter that flew over was American-made. I don't know about the drones that photographed all night and kept you awake. I don't know where they were made. Israel might have made them themselves. But the weaponry was not only made by the U.S., but it was given to Israel with full knowledge that it was used to... Imprison and even destroy the million and at that time million three hundred thousand people that lived in Gaza. So what we have here is a moral dilemma. the u s. has ruined these people's home and left them allowed a home. and now they uh, they want to immigrate here, and they are being faced with the kind of uh, rhetoric that we hear from some of our politicians that Muslims shouldn't be allowed into our country at all. It's little wonder that muslim if if Muslim did not like the u s because, of what we've done in places that Tom's name, like uh, Syria, like uh, Gaza being the worst, perhaps, but Syria even worse, I, I guess, in terms of numbers, because the bombing has never stopped. Iraq is has been destroyed. Uh, Sudan has been divided. Somalia is a mess. Libya has been completely wrecked. People are fleeing Libya. And these are all countries in the Middle East that uh, are flooding into Europe looking for places to live. So what what is the solution to this? How do we approach this and what do we do about uh, people that uh, have misguided ideas about it? Well, it always hits me that we're involved in, I think it's over 150 countries. I don't even know how many total countries there are in the world, but we're at least involved in the over 150 of them. And so many of the, the, the reasons for us going in are bogus. Uh, just like the yellow cake that was supposed to be the source of uh, nuclear weapons and all the weapons of mass destruction, all these things. We get into these countries with false pretenses, but we never leave. There's an excuse to go in, but there's, there's not the revelation. Oh, I'm sorry, but so now we're going we're gonna to go, we're gonna come back home. And the consequences of our actions have been devastating, and that's exactly what we're talking about, is, is that uh, we stir up a pot and then uh, don't take responsibility for the actions that we we caused.
0: Getting back to the Hisham and Mooney's issue, it's really a, a quandary. Here they've been in detention in Florence, Arizona, for over 500 days. And the United States government does not recognize Palestine as a country, therefore rendering these people as pawns in an endless diplomatic nightmare. Well, there have been some activists, as we mentioned early on, that are working to get bail. For them, and if you're interested in helping and giving a little money to this, uh, action to raise bail to get him out and some defense, a Palestinian American lawyer in Phoenix has actually volunteered pro bono to work with the, uh, ICE people, the federal government, to advance this case and see if we can get him out of detention here. And, uh, it is very, disheartening, and we understand the issue itself being so divisive here in the United States. We've got people that actually want to build walls and want to isolate ourselves completely, and others say, yes, bring in even illegals. So we've got really an amazing problem here in the United States, and we don't know what the solution is, but one good step would be, like Craig said, start pulling out and disengaging from these countries and meddling in these countries. I just recently learned that the Drug Enforcement Agency, DEA, has operations all over the the world. They work with local governments, and it turns out they actually... Have become the eyes and ears for the CIA because they can go into places and, and provide information, uh, for the CIA. So we've got the world under our thumb and it's, it's very disconcerting. So certainly knowledge is power and that's why we do these programs to give some things to think about and what we should be doing is to let other people know and continue to put pressure on our government. It's a it's a simple thing to say, but a very difficult thing to do. But we do definitely need to do more education because people don't know about these issues. These two young men from Gaza could be
1: sitting in there in detention for years. As the people in Guantanamo... But something that we could ponder over is that where we are the direct cause of the problem, we ought to have some responsibility. And in in the case of these men, Tom, you told us that their country is not recognized. Therefore, they cannot claim the status as a refugee. They can't come here and say we're in danger. We are coming here uh, because of mortal danger to us. And we want to to, to take refuge here because the U.S. has not recognized Palestine as a country. And yet our official position of our State Department, our president everyone else, is that there should be a two-state solution in Israel in which Palestine would be one state. Yes. So we've recognized, everybody has always recognized the need of the Palestinians to have a state. They just uh, won't recognize these people's rights as citizens because they haven't been granted the state. So this is a true dilemma. One could say, well, we didn't cause the Mexican problem. Uh, we didn't bomb them. We didn't destroy Mexico City. Uh, we didn't destroy the border towns. We did not poison the water. We didn't do these things in Mexico that are causing it to be unlivable. But we can't say that in Gaza because we have done exactly that. we furnished everything needed to totally destroy these people. And that is also true, and and I don't think we've stated this strongly enough, the U.S. position uh, in Syria has been regime change from the very start. And this isn't something that's come up in the latest presidential election. Six years ago, the U.S. was saying that the the Assad government had to go. And they have taken every possible means of destroying the, the the government and the government's ability to keep peace and to keep a stable government so we are directly responsible for the destruction of the syrian people in iraq we went in and bombed the place we crushed it we left it decimated and then threw it in the hands of a of a puppet government that that uh, was beholden to the us and wasn't really interested in the, in, the, in the people there,
0: uh, we caused
1: division there. Uh, we caused division in Sudan to where it's been split into two countries. We now have Sudanese refugees. They're even going to Israel, trying to get into Israel because they think Israel wants to help them because Israel furnished armaments when there was a revolution. We killed the president of Libya and threw the country into complete abyss. So yeah. all of these things are... Are things that have created this incredible refugee problem all over the world, and we need to we need to take a hard look at how our politicians are approaching this, and uh, by the way, uh, it is possible to sponsor citizens from foreign countries by finding them a job and that is possible, but I don't know if that could even be done uh, with uh, these two men because we don't recognize them as even coming from a country yes, they're from a a city without a country, according to the U.S. uh, State Department.
0: And it's even worse, Chuck, in places like Lebanon, Syria, there's a large population of Palestinian refugees in in, uh, Jordan, uh, in Lebanon, in Syria, Mm -hmm. and these are stateless people. Yes, they Uh, they, they are. They cannot work in these countries. They basically are in these refugee camps, and uh, can't work outside the refugee camps. So these have been going on for now almost 70 years, since 1948. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. We hope we've given you some food for thought, because I think uh, what we hear in the political arena is a lot of rhetoric on both sides, and they ignore crucial Issues like we've discussed tonight. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face.